Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Is it impressive for the Lakers to beat the Nets with no KD or Kyrie? Why was now the right time for Sean Payton to retire? Plus, why is everyone overlooking the Suns again? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The L.A. Lakers take down the Brooklyn Nets 106-96. LeBron James continues his absolute tear, 33-7-6 against a banged-up and depleted Nets squad. Joining me now from Locked On Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. And, and Andy, as I mentioned, only James Harden of the Nets Big Three played in this game, but the Lakers got a win with a, a no game, basically, from Anthony Davis. He scores eight points in 25 minutes. Am I crazy for being a little encouraged by this? No. I mean, first of all, you could just see the body language and mood and vibe of this team. They seemed more confident just by virtue of having Anthony Davis there and frankly relieved because this thing has you know gone on for a while and the season in terms of any chances of turning things around, it's taken away, man. So just having Anthony Davis there, you know, you saw the effects of him at times. They opened with a pick and roll between LeBron and Anthony Davis, setting up a very easy and emphatic one-handed lob dunk. Um, Anthony Davis had a few blocks, you know, just having him there um, as a back line. LeBron talked about after the game how that gives everybody else a little bit more confidence to be more aggressive with some of their defensive schemes. And just, they're, they're going to be better. I mean, you, you saw just a difference Granted, against a Brooklyn team missing some important pieces, yeah. but you just saw the difference having Anthony Davis there versus not. He's just having somebody on the court that you will always have to account for on both ends makes a massive difference. They put together this hodgepodge roster. They brought in some guys that that played for less money than maybe we thought they would get. Guys like Malik Monk, who were big in this game with 22 points. How close do you think they are on on zoning in on a rotation that works for this team? Because it does seem like if you watch them on a given night, you're like, okay, who's who's in, when, how, for what? And, and part of that's COVID and all that stuff too. I understand that. Are they any closer? How, how close are they to finding that? Well, I don't know how close they are to a rotation that works. I do think they're closer though to finding a rotation, <laughs> whether it actually works or not. Because I mean, this is one of the things that comes with having Anthony Davis back is everybody slots to the places that I think they're supposed to be playing in a perfect world. It was interesting with Anthony Davis back, uh, Dwight Howard ended up not playing in this game. He had been starting the last few games at center. And also Trevor Ariza went from the starting three uh, to not playing. Stanley Johnson ended up moving into the starting lineup. And I think that was also, when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis there, you can maybe get away with a little bit less length at the three um, that Stanley Johnson has a little bit less than Trevor. The flip side is Trevor just has been terrible and he's frankly been unplayable. Um, and Stanley Johnson ended up getting into quick foul trouble. But I, that all notwithstanding, I do think they are closer now to finding the rotation that they want. It does have me a little worried that Stanley Johnson, who was not on this team, what, three months ago, 
is is playing such heavy minutes for this team and, and seems like all of a sudden is a vital player for this team. It's not ideal, <laughs> so to speak. But I mean, look, when this season began, if you had told me that Austin Reeves would be a key part of this rotation, I my first response would be, who the hell's Austin Reeves? <laughs> I don't even know who you're talking about. But like, you know, th- this season has not gone as expected. You mentioned a lot of veteran minimum guys. You know, for everybody like Malik Monk or Carmelo Anthony, who I think have on balance been good this season, there's been a DeAndre Jordan, a Kent Bazemore, a Trevor Ariza. You're pretty close to saying a Dwight Howard who hasn't really worked out. Wayne Ellington hasn't particularly worked out for this team. So, you know, a lot of times there's the expression, you get what you pay for. And the Lakers were hoping that a few guys would kind of, you know, play beyond their salary. And it's only really worked out in a couple cases. Stanley Johnson, though, is he's he definitely is playing beyond 10 day contract status. I'll say that much. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up, why was now the right time for Sean Payton to retire? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Wizards were cruising over the Clippers, and then the Clippers made history. What is going on, Clips fans? Chuck Blackler here. One half of the host duo over at Lockdown Clippers coming at you after yet another LA Clippers comeback. This one was a little different than the other ones this year. There have been a few. This was the largest comeback in LA Clippers history. 35 points, it did not matter. Ty Lue tinkered his way to a victory. He basically just benched Batum, Reggie, and Zoo after a horrible first half. They were down 30. Luke Kennard hit the most exciting four-point play we've seen all year with less than two seconds left to give the Clippers the lead. Amir Coffey was fantastic. He had a career high just under 30 points. I think we all just need to take a breath. Just relax after this one. It's on to the magic tomorrow. The Clippers needed to find a win any way they could. And apparently all it took was being down 35. What can we say other than, hey, it's on to Orlando. After starting so hot, Washington, well, it's Washington again. The second TNT Tuesday night game was a showdown between the Mavericks and the Warriors, two top five teams in the West. The Dallas Mavericks fall to the Golden State Warriors. Hold on, fall is not a good enough word. The Dallas Mavericks get dominated by the Golden State Warriors. Nick Engstead from the Locked On Mavericks podcast here. And it goes from bad to worse in a game where the Dallas Mavericks were feeling, all right, 111 out of the last 13. Best defense in the NBA in that stretch. Feeling really good about where this team is right now. Everybody's back and getting healthy. The Mavericks go into Golden State thinking this could be another statement win for them. And they get absolutely destroyed by the Golden State Warriors. Luka Doncic was himself, but like Jason Kidd said at the end of the game, Luka was Luka at the beginning, but nobody else wanted to join him. Tim Hardaway Jr. went into uh, a drive and came down on his foot and he has now fractured his fifth metatarsal in his foot and so he will be out for an extended period of time we'll be monitoring that situation and that is a big blow for the Dallas Mavericks as far as uh, the team he was their leading contributor off the bench uh, as far as scoring goes and he was also going to be playing a part in trade talks as well for the Dallas Mavericks so we'll break that down and everything else on tonight's Lockdown Mavs <laughs> I'm not quite ready for basketball, but the TNT shows are just, they're so great. David Ortiz was the lone player elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame this year while players like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, they were shut out. Bonds is baseball's all-time home run leader, 354 game winner in Clemens, plus 600 Homer Club member Sammy Sosa and longtime ace pitcher Kurt Schilling 
were in their 10th and final year of eligibility in the Baseball Writers Association balloting. Reports are coming in. Former Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback and current Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich will be the next Jags head coach. Leftwich called the plays for the Super Bowl winning offense last season with Tom Brady. The 42-year-old Leftwich, by the way, younger than Tom Brady, would have 2021 number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence under center and at the controls of his offense, coming off the Urban Meyer disaster and a 3-14 and season. Leftwich joined Steelers coach Mike Tomlin as the only current black head coaches in the league after David Culley and Brian Flores were fired this offseason. The Bears have hired Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles as their next general manager. Poles was in his first season as the Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel and his 13th with the franchise. As part of his latest job responsibilities, he oversaw college scouting, helped Kansas City's pro personnel department, prepared for free agency, and assisted GM Brett Veach with the NFL Draft. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. And then there were four. The AFC and NFC Championship games are set, and the lines are out. The improbable run for the Cincinnati Bengals has led them to a date with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game. The betonline.ag line for this game says the magical run ends there. Kansas City, seven and a half point favorites in this one. And after the 49ers stunned the Green Bay Packers to advance to the NFC Championship game against the LA Rams. Do we have to bring that up every time that they beat the Packers? Who's writing this stuff? Who They threw all of their chips in this season and took down the GOAT in Tom Brady. The betonline.ag line for this game has the Rams as three and a half point favorites. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. Yesterday, we talked to Locked On Saints host Ross Jackson about the future for Sean Payton with the New Orleans Saints. And then today, we got the news that Sean Payton would retire after 15 seasons as the Saints head coach. Locked On NFL insider and former Super Bowl champion Isaiah Stanback joined Locked On's K90 Stevens to discuss why. Why is this happening right now? And and where did this kind of come from, Isaiah? Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the reason. Uh, Drew Brees obviously shut it down last year and left this organization without a sure number one quarterback. And he went through a lot this season. They obviously brought in uh, Jameis Winston, and he got hurt earlier in the, in the year. Uh, they had to revert to Taysom Hill, who they gave a big boy contract to. And everybody is now questioning why Sean Payton gave him that contract if he was simply going to walk away. And then they ended up with Trevor Simeon, ultimately uh, finishing out nine, nine and eight this year and simply no hope or direction in terms of his roster and any hope of the future. So I think that that type of that along with the Drew Brees retirement really put a lot of pressure on him. And obviously, you know, being a leader of this organization, he had to answer questions as to what direction are we going? And I'm not sure he had those answers. He's been there for a minute, though. So to say, you know, obviously Drew Brees was going to retire at some point. Is yeah. this something maybe that coach was thinking about for the past couple of years? Because if you're thinking long term, you got to think, hey, maybe have this. In, you know, if you're Bill Belichick, you got stuff plans in place for 10 years ahead. But maybe if you're not all the way in, this is how it gets to this point. Yeah, I feel like this was like the 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 
you can't say unforeseen future because you knew it was coming, but it's one of those things that you didn't want to identify as a reality. So Drew Brees stepping away really just magnified that position and how much of a cornerstone to that organization as if those who didn't already think that already. Uh, it, this was major, right? and they, they really left a gaping hole um, obviously, with Michael Thomas stepping away for the year, obviously with his injuries and uh, the opting out not to, not to play the rest of the year, you know, they really didn't have a lot of offense nor defense to carry this team through. They did the best they could. Um, obviously, Sean Payton stepped away uh, after the season. He spent some time with his family and ultimately came back to the decision of um, retiring slash stepping away from the game. And now all of a sudden, all this speculation now arises again because of the history of what coaches have done here um, in the NFL. Uh, most recently, you think about Bruce Arians. And Bruce Arians, back in 2017, he stepped down um, as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals just to come back a little bit over a year later to become the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then, oh, yeah, a couple years later, he goes out and wins the Super Bowl. So everybody now has their antennas up as to what is the next move for Sean Payton. Is this a real retirement slash stepping away, or is he really plotting for the future in a better situation? This is one of now nine openings. This is a lot of different spots wow. for coaches this year. Where do you kind of put it on the list of desirable jobs? It's really difficult. I mean, I, I want to say just smack dab in the middle because you know that New Orleans takes care of their coaches. They, they're they all about family. They're all about the community. They do a great job of that. Obviously, dealing with Hurricane Katrina and all the history that comes with that and, the, and just the whole community and, and city of New Orleans. Um, however, again, when I bring up that that financial aspect of it and the salary cap, you know, how are you positioning yourself? You know, Alvin Kamara, you know, Mike Thomas, you have a couple pieces there, but then who's going to throw them the ball? Can you can you get, grab a, a quarterback out of free agency to bring them in? I don't think this is a situation where either one of those veteran um, superstars on that offensive side of the ball want to deal with a rebuilding phase in terms of a new quarterback, nor do they have the patience for that. So I think they have to bring in not only a, a great coach, but and, uh, but they also have to look for a quarterback that can come in now and try to somewhat resemble what Drew Brees did. For more from Isaiah, subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Coming up, why is everyone overlooking the Suns again? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, which means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I do. I have Built Bites before I work out. Just a little, it's a little bite. It's a little something to have in my stomach that fuels me, that tastes good, but is also good for me. That's the key with Built Bar is you're getting something that's fueling your body in a really healthy way, low in net carbs, low in sugar, low in cows, but high in protein and high in fiber. You can feel good about eating something that tastes delicious. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and feels good for you because it is. And there's so many flavors to choose from, coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. Find a new favorite for you Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. They're the defending Western Conference champs. They are currently leading the Western Conference over the Golden State Warriors. In fact, by three and a half games. And they are currently on a seven-game winning streak. Yet the Phoenix Suns, not currently the title favorites, according to our friends in the desert. Joining me now from Locked On Suns, Brendan Clean and Brendan, why not? I don't get it, so why not? Well, I think it's a little bit of carryover from the narrative that, that followed them last 
postseason. The fact that they, you know, were were sort of thought to have gotten lucky, but I don't think you really can make that case anymore. They're they're, they're basically two regular seasons in now of being one of the most dominant deep chemistry-filled teams in the league. They have two killers in clutch time, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. There genuinely are not maybe two players on the same team as good as those two in clutch moments in the entire NBA. So I think that it's it's maybe just people not catching up. I don't know. They play a ton of national TV games. They beat the, the good teams when they need to take care of business. I, I don't have a good answer for you. Yeah, and you mentioned the national TV stuff. It's not like people aren't watching what they're doing Look, we know the star power of Steph Curry, but there were some places even like until a week or two ago that still had the Lakers above them. So some of this is going to be big market bias too. We've seen some of these players, some of their younger players, not Chris Paul and Devin Booker, step into larger roles this season. If you're looking for reasons that, hey, they didn't get it done last year, but they can this year, forget the favorite part of this. Why could they get it done this year versus last year? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because I think the the honest truth was you can make, you know, any sort of criticism of the Bucks that you want of the secondary players on that team, but they had three stars and the Suns did not have a third type of option and and even their big two wasn't good enough at the end of the day. So that that top tier is is obviously what wins games in the NBA and I think a lot of people were looking can DeAndre Ayton do that? Can Mikhail Bridges do that? Their third year fourth-year guys, it's actually been a little bit different than that. I think Devin Booker taking strides has really been the the biggest story if you're talking about raising the ceiling of this team. He's taking and making more threes. He's cut down on his turnovers. He is a, a little bit more equal of a playmaker with Chris Paul maybe than he was last season. So, you know, you're going to be carried by your superstars. They haven't seen that third superstar necessarily materialize but they've had their second one, first one, however you want to rank those two. Devin Booker has stepped up, and you're right. I don't think uh, the path is the same this season, and those odds tell you it. You know, the West looks a lot different. I would say, frankly, it's not as scary, not as deep. The East looks like where they would need to really worry outside of the Warriors. And finally, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Keith Yandel became the NHL's new Ironman on Tuesday night. Skating in his 965th consecutive regular season game, to break Doug Jarvis's all-time record. Yandel set the record when the puck was dropped for the opening face-off against the New York Islanders. According to the NHL, all he needed to do was take one shift for the appearance to be official. After the opening face-off, he tapped his stick once on the ice and skated back to defend the Flyers' goal. The Islanders won 4-3. to three. Coming up Thursday, we dive into Championship Weekend. Will the magical run continue for the Bengals and 49ers? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.